You're listening to the City World Radio Network, high-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world, www.cityworldradio.com. Welcome to Morph Mom Moments, another Thursday night that we're thrilled to be here. We're thrilled to have everyone back who's been on before, and we're thrilled for all new listeners tonight. And I hope there are many of you out there, or at least a few, hopefully. I'm joined tonight with my amazing co-hosts, Elizabeth Lenz and Lisa Berkery, and my very fascinating, I'm so honored to have them both here, amazing two guests tonight, um, uh, Patty Hinnick from... Uh, I can't even begin to explain from how many things, but from PBS television shows to cookbooks to James Beard Award uh, nominee, as well as two Daytime Emmy Award nominee. Uh, an absolute thrill to be here. And we'll, we'll get into this, but I'm very embarrassed that I can't cook. But I cannot wait to learn how to do that tonight. And with Kelly Glynn, a political consultant from the Rue Group, but also, fascinatingly enough, a travel blogger who travels all over the world and who will share stories that you can't believe tonight. And what's so great is that Patty and Kelly have sort of a similar connection in that both were, well, Patty was originally, and you'll hear about this, originally involved in politics as well, which Kelly is today, but also uh, Patty grew up in Mexico to a certain extent, to a certain time, and Kelly has traveled there as well. So it's going to be a great night of conversation. Um, and I hope you enjoy us tonight. I'm going to give new listeners a very quick, I promise, I know I say this every week, a quick glimpse into Morph Mom and how this all came to be and how I am so lucky to be sitting here with who I am tonight and so honored that they would even join me tonight. Uh, so very quickly, I promise, um, I was a prosecutor many, many, many decades ago. can't believe I can say decades. I stopped when I had my kids. I had three kids. 14 years goes by, and you think, wait a minute, how was that 14 years? Now what do I do? Couldn't go back to law for a number of reasons and had to sort of figure out what to do or pave a new way. And without confidence, without contacts, without any idea where to begin, I thought, wait, rather than reinventing the wheel, I'm going to go out and find all these women who have done this already, who have paved the way for us and who are kind and generous and want to share those stories and the steps that they took and what worked and what didn't work and the journeys to get there and help other women sort of in my position trying to get there. So about four years ago, I bought a camera from Best Buy and a tripod. And as many of you know, that I still can't figure out because it falls over four years later. And I started to travel the country. And uh, since then, we have had over 600 interviews from all over the country and from every possible story you can imagine. Just the most generous, kind women who have done it, whatever it is, but they're willing to share and they want to help others to do the same thing that they've done. Uh, with each year, we've added something as well. I now write for Huffington Post as well. I have a column that tells these, shares these amazing stories. We have classes that we're very excited that it's going to come out more. 
But in about a week or so, Morph Mom website will be updated and you can sign on to these great classes we have. They're, they're twofold and not really classes. I'd say it's more like a round table, possibly cocktail related. Uh, there's one that's a Morph Mom masterclass for those who already have an idea business. And then we have another great one, which is, hmm, what do I do next? And that's for those of you who were sort of in my position four years ago trying to figure out where to even begin. So let's just explore what's out there. And again, in about a week or two, the website will be updated. You'll know about this. And I host cocktail parties around the country celebrating Morph Moms or things that Morph Moms are interested in. And again, just joining people together. And again, in two weeks when I get this website organized, you'll know when Morph Mom is coming to a city near you. And now, most excitingly, I have this radio show. And it is just such a thrill to be able to speak with women like we have tonight, my guests and my co-hosts, and just to share these stories, another way to share them, another way to connect everybody. So welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. And I'm going to begin with Patty. Um, Patty, if you could just tell us about yourself, about your journey, how you got to where you are today. And, um, and I just want to mention again that Patty's not with us tonight in studio. She's on the phone, as I said, because she is the nominee of two James Beard Awards and two Daytime Emmy Awards. So she couldn't be in studio tonight, understandably. So Patty, I'm going to ask you now to sort of explain your journey. Thank you so much, and I'm delighted to join you guys tonight. And, of course, I would have loved to be in your studio. Um, thankfully, I was able to get back home on this Cinco de Mayo day, which is like the day to do anything if you're a Mexican. Um, so I've been on the road, but happily I made it home, so I'm calling you from home. So, okay, a little bit about my background. Um, Mexican-born, Mexican-raised. And then I trained to be a political analyst. I wanted to be an academic, and I wanted to help fix some problems, you know, in my country and in the world, an idealist, and, you know, <laughs> worked very hard in that area. Then I moved to the U.S., married my husband, we moved to Texas, got very nostalgic for the food, wanted to, you know, get close to my country by cooking the food that I missed, but I kept on going. Then we moved to Washington, did a master's in Latin American studies, continued to work in a think tank because I'm very stubborn and I used to think that you just have to do what you said to do even if you're craving to do something else <laughs> until I got, um, after I had two kids, I was pregnant with a third and I got in sort of an existential crisis of sorts because I was so unhappy with what I was doing professionally and I thought, what am I doing? What is it worth for me to be working if I'm not happy and proud about what I'm what I'm doing? What am what what am I going to teach my children? You know, the things that I love the most are food and cooking and talking about cooking. So, after like a year and a half, I resigned. It was a very hard choice. It was a very hard thing to do. Went to culinary school, studied, started teaching, and then you know, ten years later. Um, I'm writing, you know, Mexican cookbooks, and I have my PBS series on Patty's Mexican Table, and um, and as many more years as I will have to live, I hope that I continue to do more of the same. It's so exciting, and I just want to mention, I think, is this going on your fifth season of the fish series? Yes, the fifth season is going to premiere in September. The fifth season, we went to Yucatan, to the whole Yucatan Peninsula, a great season. And, um, yeah, I can't believe we have, you know, more than 60 episodes by now. Do you, where do you film the episodes? Are the, is there like a kitchen that you normally film in, or do you travel as well? So the shows have me going to different places in Mexico, so it's a, a little bit of a travelogue combined with cooking at home for myself and for my family so it's like half and half i would say half in mexico half here you know remembering things i tried or are or i rediscovered or got to know and then i try them here in my kitchen um we tape in my kitchen when it's the cooking it's in my kitchen it's in my home kitchen so it's where i cook every day and where me and my family eat so it's just as transparent as transparent can be well, although we don't have you in studio, I feel like we do. We do have your cookbook right next to us, Mexican Today. And I urge everybody out there, especially if you're hungry, to immediately go get this book. <laughs> it, the most amazing, unbelievably, uh, I'm, I'm starving looking at all the recipes in the book right now. And I wish I could cook because I would make every single thing in here. But I, I really, like, 
it's such a great cookbook. And I was just in a, we were just downstairs before we came up and there was someone who saw me carrying the book and he stopped me on the way out and he said, that's the best book ever. I said, oh. I'm about to talk to Patty right now. So oh, in. my gosh. Whoever he is, I like him. Say thank you. Say thank you. Please, he's my friend. What's his name? I'm not sure. I was about to come up. But I did tell him I'd come back, and I'd show him the book again. Oh, that's so wonderful. Please say thank you. You know, every time I, I go somewhere in... You know, the fat chance that somebody recognizes me, it's because of my voice, because I have a very high-pitched voice. And um, if somebody, you know, recognizes me from the show and they say they watch my show, my boys are always very embarrassed because I'll just jump up and hug whoever told me that. And, like, I won't let them go. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And my boys are like... This is so embarrassing, ma. Why are you hugging people? You know, they don't, you don't know. We don't know them. You're making them feel uncomfortable. And I'm just <laughs> hugging all over the place whenever somebody says, I know you. Well, I think obviously just food itself can connect people in such, you know, food brings back memories to people. Food, I think, has a very emotional part of it as well. So I'm sure when they see you, you've inspired them in so many ways beyond just a recipe. But, you know, it was probably brought back memories brought back family time you never know right what has come from that so it's and I think your voice is beautiful by the way as well oh Um, thank you and just for our listeners tonight will you tell everyone when they can tune into PBS to see to see the show yes absolutely so um depending on where on where you live um you will you can go to my website, which is com, and there is a section there that says TV listings. And you go there, you enter your zip code, and it will say when and where your show is airing because every you know public TV station or PBS station or create TV station has their own schedule. So it's just a matter of either reaching out to your local TV station or going to my site and putting your zip code because in every city there's like a different schedule. And, and the book as well. So will you explain to you how people can get that as well? Of course, of course. The book, I mean, you can get it online. You can get it in Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can also get it in independent bookstores and your local bookstore. Hopefully they'll have it in your local Barnes & Noble as well. Um, I'm hoping it's in many places. <laughs> I don't know, it just came out a couple of weeks ago, and I would love to say just go to wherever you find books and find it, but I'm not sure if that's true. And, and for those listeners out there, this is Patty's second cookbook. Her first cookbook was Patty's Mexican Table, The Secrets of Real Mexican Home uh, Home Cooking, rather, and that was included in the New York Times Best in Books and Washington Post Best Cookbooks of the Year, and also Amazon's Top 20 best cookbooks. So, Patty, you're very humble, but there are many, many people who need to immediately get online with you, buy these books, watch your show, and it's just, it's amazing what you've accomplished, and I think your journey is incredibly, you've incredibly interesting way to how you got where you are today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I just enjoy cooking, and I enjoy talking about it. <laughs> Patty, my name is Kelly Glenn, and I have a question for you. I travel to Mexico regularly. My parents uh, live in Puerto Vallarta part of the year. And I'm curious if you take your family with you when you're doing these cooking trips. Yes, and that's a great question because I always try to plan around um, their vacations and their long weekends so that they can come with me. So they don't come for all of the of the travel, you know, when we're producing so it's varied. When we began, Kelly, season one and season two, I mean, our, our budget is still a very small PBS budget. Um, and for season one and season two, it was even smaller. So we could only go to Mexico five or six days, and we had to just do 18 hours and get as much as we could. Um, starting season three and season four, we've been able to go a little bit you know, longer, and so as it's gotten longer, the first two seasons I didn't bring them because it was just four or five days. It was too, and it was too crazy. But starting season three, we planned around. The production company was just very nice, and we planned around when they were going to be out of school. The same with season four, and so they joined me for like half 
or at least a third of the filming. So we go down to Mexico like two weeks, and then we film all of the Mexico stories and field pieces during the same trip, and then we come back and we film here in my kitchen. And it is fortunately for me, because the production company I work with is so amazing, um, it's totally unscripted. And then they have to go through the trouble of weaving it in <laughs> post-production. But it makes for a much more fun, much more genuine show. Oh, I think, I think there's nothing but genuine about you. And I think people just hearing you speak tonight are already falling in love with you and falling in love with what you do and what you share. And again, your journey, which I think is just fascinating. And I'm going to come back to that, Patty. But as Kelly just introduced you, herself to you. Kelly Glynn is our other guest this evening. And for those joining in, I've got Patty Hinnick tonight and Kelly Glynn, and it is an absolute honor to be speaking with both of you. And it's funny, you bring people from different parts of the world to sit and talk tonight, and their similarities are astounding and what you're about to hear. So I'm just going to ask Kelly to sort of talk about her story and what she does and how she got to be there as well. And then we will um, further discuss the, the, the very many commonalities that both of you have. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, I really started in TV. I wanted to be a sports broadcast journalist. And when I found that to be a little tough working 13 different jobs at all hours of the night, I, I decided to settle down in public relations, which led me to a very interesting career in politics. And I was living in Chicago, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm young and, and single, and I need to try something new. And I... I took off to Washington, D.C. and worked in, in politics for a little bit and moved to New York uh, about a month before September 11th. And I, I was very excited about the opportunity to meet new people and, and roam the streets of New York and took a little di different path on September 11th. And I, I did stay in New York for a little bit uh, working in politics and decided to go back to Chicago. But I always sort of wondered what New York would be like at a different time and in 2005, I, I moved back to New York, and I started working in political fundraising, which was a little different uh, than I had done in the past. And I, I really found that an opportunity to meet new people, uh, exposure to different industries. It was a great learning experience. But I was sort of missing something. And again, still single, uh, thinking, okay, what, what, what do I want to do? And I always loved these little mini trips I would take by myself. And I started traveling almost every opportunity I, I had. So at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or when there was a, a government recess in August, and I just couldn't stop. I couldn't get enough of it. And I started writing about it. And people asked me questions about how to take their trips and, and, and where they should go with their families or where they should go when they were uh, had a, a long weekend. And I really enjoyed giving advice and, and sharing with them my stories. And I, I put it down on paper in a, in a blog. And my, my first blog was Kelly's Worldwide Travels. And it didn't really mean anything. It was on WordPress, and I, I couldn't open it half of the time. And I would write... <laughs> 12 pages of, of novels and people would say, I can't, that's too long. That's too long. And, and I launched my uh, personal blog, travel blog last July and it's called fantasyisle.com and I'm very proud of it. So I, I'm trying to do two jobs at, at the same time right now, although it's an election year, so I'm very involved in the political game, but I'm hoping uh, one day to make a go of it and, and write for a living. You know, and it's interesting, so for my any listeners joining in just now, again, I'm with Patty Hinnick, and I'm with Kelly Glynn, and both, well, Patty had a political career, uh, Kelly still continues to have a political career, but they also went very, in a very creative direction as well. Kelly going with the travel blog, and the traveling and the writing, and Patty with cooking. And Patty, I'm going to go back to you now and ask you, when you said you knew it was time to sort of start again, and what you're going to do, how did you decide that cooking was the the road you were going to take and how were you going to make that into a business like did you think you would end up on television did you have a did you have a goal set in front of you or did you just sort of 
begin and not really know which way it was going to take you? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I never thought I was going to be on TV or radio. I, um, and now I see why you asked me the question, Kelly. Now I want to ask you some questions. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to do what I was doing before, which was political analysis, but instead of politics, which is a theme I never really had an interest in or on, I just wanted to do like gastronomic research or writing or research. You know, I just, I wanted to write like food articles. I wanted to be a food writer, but a deep, serious sort of academic food writer. That's what I wanted to do. And I saw myself as I had always envisioned myself, which was sitting on a table with my uh, reading glasses, just writing away as my boys would be outside getting dirty in the mud with three <laughs> dogs, you know, and I have no dogs and my boys do get dirty in the mud, but, um, <laughs> but, but no, I, I, that was very accidental in fact. And it was, it was, it was very funny because once I switched careers, like I just, I didn't know, oh, I'm going to switch a career to be able to accomplish this or that. Like I switched themes, you know, in my mind, I just, I was switching to food, which was what I really loved, and I wanted to research. I'm a big history nerd. I mean, I love researching, and one of the things that I love doing the most, and that is a big theme in my new cookbook, Mexican Today, is bringing recipes back, like bringing rediscovered recipes back to the front, you know, and adapting them to today's kitchen, but so I, I knew I wanted to do cooking, um, and write about it. But when I started doing that, I started getting asked by my friends to teach them cooking classes about the topic I was researching and, you know, practicing because they really loved my cooking. And so I started teaching at home very low key just for them. And then I got to know the director of the Mexican Cultural Institute just by chance. I mean, I had finished already studying. I was, you know, researching and, um, and he said, you know, if you can put together a program together, we really could use a, a serious professional program at the Institute of, you know, teaching Mexican cooking and cuisine with its backbone, you know, the culture and the history. So I put a program together to teach at the Institute, and it was going to be, you know, it took me like a year and a half to put it together because I had to get sponsors for it and equipment for the kitchen, etc. So once I started... I thought I was going to be teaching, you know, groups of 10 or 12 people in an intimate setting in the kitchen, one theme at a time, you know, by region, by ingredient. And once we launched the program and we were ready to start, you know, selling seeds, I said, oh, perfect. So we'll do it 12 at a time. And he said, no, 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 we're going to do it 120 at a time. <laughs> you know, this is the salon and this is the screen and here's your microphone and you know, if we're going to do something, he was right. You know, it has to be worth it. We have to bring a lot of people. We have to share, you know, with a lot of information with a lot of people. And so me, you know, having worked on that program for a year and a half, I couldn't say no. I'm like, okay, not 12, but 120. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, of course, I had to spread the word like mad. And the first class, we had 35 people. And I knew every single person Aww. in that audience. It was my kids' teacher, my my son's pediatrician, my dentist, my neighbor. My I mean, I begged people to come. Um, now we we have the program. I love that program, and now we close it at 110 or 120, and it, um, you know it's it's done great. But that's how we started, and it was the moment they said, "Here's a microphone, and here's the screen, and this is what we envision you to do." I had, like, you know, stage fright because I had never spoken in front of an, audi an audience. And then I loved the interaction with the people, and it really fed me. I mean, I loved the curiosity, and it made me want to research more because I love pleasing people, so I wanted to take all their requests, and that just got a cycle started and then the word spread i got in i got invited to do a demo at the local fox news station i went there with no tv experience whatsoever and for you know for a three-minute cooking segment and they again put the microphone they had a lovely warm happy host holly <laughs> morris she was 
really funny. We did the cooking segment. Three minutes went by, and when we finished, they're like, "Okay, we'll take your microphone." I was like, "No, don't take it away." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is too much. But your it's stage like, fright I is hope. gone. <laughs> it was. It was wild. Yeah. It was like a switch had been turned on. And I just wanted to do that all day long. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't planned. You know, it was just sort of accidental. It's funny because with Morph Mom and with all the women that I've interviewed, and I said, you know, these 600 stories, very often that's how people sort of land where they are. It's sort of something mm-hmm. was reignited or something was ignited that you never even knew was interesting to you or was the passion. And it just sort of happens. And I think that's very similar with Kelly. Um, and, and by the way, Kelly was a TV producer as well. So you have a, yet another common act. There's something else between you guys. And for those of you just joining in, I am thrilled and honored to be sitting here with Patty Hinnick tonight. Well, via phone. Um, the <laughs> Emmy two-time Daytime Emmy Award nominee, as well as the two-time James Beard Award nominee. And with her new book, uh, cookbook, Mexican Today, New and Rediscovered Recipes for Contemporary Kitchens, as well as Kelly Glynn, who's a Rue Group uh, political consultant but as well has a travel blog that is absolutely fascinating and we were we were listening to some of the places that she's visited and where she's been and is is sharing these stories as well and the connections between patty and kelly really just keep going and going and going and so kelly i'm actually going to ask you a question now about that so patty was saying that her course she never expected to land on television it just sort of she said a switch turned on she was on fox news and she was doing a segment that she hadn't planned and it was there and she sort of found her another part of her passion as well so kelly how did that happen with you with the travel blog i had been working night and day for an organization and i just got to the point where i just didn't think i could give anymore i couldn't give any more of my time any more of my energy and i had exhausted myself and i decided i was going to quit my job and take a year off and travel the world and i I didn't really know what that meant but i used to spin a globe when i was a little girl and pick places that i dreamed of going and i thought i'm just going to pick a place where is a place that i can go on this planet that I may never, ever have an opportunity to go again. And I decided, Africa. And I recruited a friend to start the vacation with me. And I really, really think in my heart I was going to go three months. And when I got there, I decided I'm going to go as long as I possibly can with whatever money I've saved. And I had had in my head that I was going to – I had $100,000 in my savings. And I said, I'm going to spend all $100,000. I didn't care if I came back with nothing. And I took off to Africa. And I started in South Africa and then moved my way up the East Coast uh, of Africa into Tanzania, Ethiopia, Egypt. And I I, I wanted more. I wanted more. So I I went to Jordan and then Israel. And I I flew through the United States for a quick haircut and wardrobe change and back down to Argentina where I studied Spanish and – Drank a lot of Malbec and ate a, <laughs> ate, ate a few uh, pounds of steak <laughs> and, and, and traveled around South America for a little bit. And my entire trip was about 10 months. I, I will say this. I was ready to come home. I was tired of living out of a suitcase and living out of this or wearing the same sort of outfits. But the experiences – I relive even today the the conversations I had with people in all over Africa mm-hmm. and parts of the Middle East and just the the travel experience is really about the people that you meet. And I look at my pictures and I I saw beautiful things, but I remember the conversations. I remember the food. I remember uh the sunrises and the sunsets and I was quickly ready to go back after about two months of rest. <laughs> and so I haven't really stopped since then. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. And I do find that that's a, that's a very good point because I do find that my life in New York, while is exciting and, and interesting and, and fulfilling, I am always sort of yearning for something else. I want to know what's out there. I, I, I want to see everything. I want to learn. I want to experience culture and 
I sometimes feel like maybe I'm not living my life here because I'm waiting to get to the other to the next trip or the next country and and sometimes I I find myself juggling I need to live each day not waiting for when I get to the airport again so so Patty um I have a question now back for you so Kelly was saying when she goes to these different countries and it was enjoying the food and again I think that food stands for so much more the emotional connection what it brings back the memories um for you and you said you did a lot of history you did a lot of history as well like studying the food and and what was it that you took away the or the most significant thing i guess when you were researching the food for mexico and from and how you began all of this what was it about the food that really fascinated um, you it's the humbling you know effect that happens when you research food because you can never learn enough you can never master you know it's it just you're going into, especially Mexican cuisine, which is what I know the most, but I'm sure that may happen to Chi- to Chinese or Italian or French. You know, there's centuries and centuries and my, millennia of history behind certain techniques or dishes and just being able to taste and eat things that have been eaten by humans centuries and centuries and generations and generations before you and just knowing that it will continue long after you're gone. You know, it's just that being part of, of of that and taking a bite of it and trying to to share it with people. It's just for me. It's just fascinating and humbling. I mean, I love teaching the things that I already know and the foods that I know from certain regions. But to be honest, I'm more excited about sharing and teaching things that I just recently learned and found out mm-hmm. because. I think you can't know it all. You can't know it all. And it is these these wanderlust that I think maybe, Kelly, you share. You know, you can't put it all in a blog. You can't put it all in a book. It's just the never-endingness of these themes that fascinate me. You know, it's, it's just... Patty, it's just I can't even humbling. make hard-boiled eggs. So <laughs> I'm blown away that you have two cookbooks, let alone one. <laughs> You just, I think it puts everybody on the same, I mean, we're all humans, we all have to eat, we all come from a history of, you know, even if you don't know how to cook, I'm certain that you're comforted by certain kinds of food or tastes, you know? I know how to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very good at that. That is just as good. Let me tell you, my husband does not cook. An egg, he does not pour cereal onto a bowl, but he will eat everything I put in front of him, and that is as valuable as me putting it there. I used to tell people when I was looking for a husband that I either needed to find an orthopedic surgeon because I'm injured all the time, (laughs) or a chef because I can't cook. Patty, and again, for those of you joining us tonight, uh, and we're thrilled to have you here. I'm with my co-hosts, Lisa Berkery and Elizabeth Lenz, and my two amazing guests as well. Patty Hinnick from uh, the PBS uh, television series, as well as her new cookbook, Mexican Today, and Kelly Glynn, uh, political consultant and travel extraordinaire blogger and everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patty, I have a question for you. When you were saying, you know, that certain foods, like giving it to your husband, it means so much, and and I guess, and people's appreciation as well. Is there, do you have a recipe out there that sort of means the most to you? Is there something the most meaningful that you make or has the most memories or something that's very special to you? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but I have to tell you, there's one in the new book that, in my new book called Mexican Today, I have a whole enchilada chapter. I absolutely adore enchiladas. Um, and I think it's the next thing. You know, everybody now knows tacos. I'm like, okay, time to know the enchilada. <laughs> like the real enchilada. Um, there is a recipe in there for enchiladas um, that come from a place called Sanborn, which was, it is a very old chain um, of coffee shops in Mexico that was started, ironically, by two American brothers and you know it started like in the 50s and everybody goes to Sanborns it's that kind of a store where you find everything from your medicine to your shoes to 
a milkshake to great Mexican food. You know, it's that kind of everything store. And they have these enchiladas that are called the Sanborns enchiladas that are chicken enchiladas completely based in a very rich salsa verde or green salsa with a base of tomatillos. And then it has a layer of Mexican cream, a layer of melted cheese, and they go in the oven. And they're so incredibly delicious and comforting. And I grew up eating them. And I used to beg my dad to take me to Sanborns to eat that, you know, that exact dish. And we went so many times. And I remember every single time we went, it was so meaningful because it was always him and I, you know, and I come from a family of four girls. So he would just take me. And then I remember they give you three enchiladas, and I used to cut the enchiladas like in pieces of four, and I had like a technique where I would eat around the plate, and I would leave the the piece in the middle that had the most sauce and the most cream and the most cheese to the last bite. And I remember when I took that last bite, it was painful. It was like, you know, it was ending. I could, I cry about everything. And I really, my eyes would water when I got to that last bite. And it's, you know, it's a very comforting, simple dish, but it just, it, it, I think it showcases a lot of what I love about Mexican cooking, that it's humble, it's comforting, it's easy to make, it's easy to eat. And um, I think that one I have a big attachment to, you know. And I think everyone out there listening tonight, uh, by the way, I'm one of four girls as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there is that moment, like you just said, when you're with your father, there was something that you think back and it's a very, very special moment. And I think it's fascinating that food can bring those emotions. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, I have a question for you. Do you have a place, similar to what Patty was saying about a meal, do you have an, uh, a location that you've traveled to that sort of had a similar effect with you as well, that brought back some sort of a memory or some sort of an emotional attachment to, you know, similar again to, to Patty's enchilada story? I guess I would say Italy because I've traveled there after college by myself, Euro railing and backpacking. And then I've taken a couple of trips with my mother and I guess maybe because it's Mother's Day, but they're very, they're very challenging trips at times, (laughs) but uh, they're very memorable because it's time that I wouldn't have to spend with my mother, especially as we've done these trips as adults. And we've gone to Positano and Ravello and all these very romantic places. But they're also beautiful places to share with your mother. And they're great places to shop. (laughs) And I guess when I think of Italy and Italian food, I think of the relationship I have with my mother. And it's very special. And I guess I would say that it always brings back happy memories. And what about, if I can ask, what about a place, because you, since you focus on traveling, Kelly, is there one place that you would go back to again and again and again in the U.S.? In the U.S. That's In the U.S. Because, I I mean, me as a Mexican here, I love exploring the U.S. You know, I actually really enjoy San Francisco. I think it's a very beautiful place. The restaurants, the food are great. And it's very diverse because you could be in the city and enjoy pounding the pavement and checking out the shops and going to the museums and then get across the bridge and 15 degrees warmer, you're in more desert community, but you're in a wine country. And it's beautiful homes and vineyards and it's like a totally different vibe. It's more chill. It's, I mean, California in general is chill, but <laughs> San Francisco and Napa are like almost going to two different places. So I guess I would say that. I, I, I really enjoy going to uh, Northern California. I, I wonder, Kelly, how do you logistically, you're doing uh, three months worth of traveling and it sounds like you're getting in so many different cities. How, do you plan the whole thing ahead of time? And how how many days do you stay in each city? If I'm going with a friend and the person has committed to spending a certain amount of time, maybe it's two weeks or ten days, then I will plan that aspect of the trip. But most of the time, I only plan the first day or two. Mm-hmm. I have in my head, I want to spend this many dates 
days in in China or this many days in Mongolia. But for the most part, I just wing it uh, unless there's a reason I shouldn't. If there's a safety precaution I need to take or if I need to plan something in advance because I need to – I don't want to miss this opportunity to maybe climb this mountain or to do this hot air balloon, I will – sort of work my trip to make sure that I get to that location by that date. But for the most part, I just – my life right now is so planned yeah. that the last thing I want to do is figure out where I'm eating that night I or think, where I'm going. I think that sounds so freeing. I travel yeah. a lot, but I plan everything, and I have everything lined up. But how nice to just say, yeah, I think I'll stay here another day. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and that's exactly – that's absolutely it. And so it. you get to the next city that you're going to, and then how – you just – Get yeah, on your phone, I, look or for a hotel. I'll meet fellow travelers who will say, mm-hmm. "I went to Colombia over Christmas, and I met these two young women who were traveling, and they only spoke Spanish, so we were we were speaking in Spanish, and they told me about this beautiful lake region, and I I wasn't really in my guidebook, and I just said, "I'm going to go there," and it was incredibly beautiful. However. Mm-hmm. The 360 steps I climbed to get to the viewpoint, I thought, I'm going to die. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was a day trip. And then I had hired this guide for the day. And it was so wonderful because I kept talking about how much I love ice cream and sweets and I shouldn't have it. And then he surprised me and took me to a village that's known for sweets. Huh. A whole a whole town of desserts. <laughs> and torture and he tried one and I couldn't stop eating them. <laughs> That's great. So actually, Patty, that leads me to a question to you. So when Kelly was saying she doesn't plan it out, she sort of lets it like has basic, you know, like the 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 spots she has to hit, like the outline of what should be hit at what time, but it's more freeing. For you, with the cookbooks and with cooking do you ever sort of do you lay things out as well? Do you have it planned, or do you sort of sort of say these are the basic outline tips I'm yeah. going to hit, but I'm going to play around with it. And I'm going to be it's going to be less structured. Yeah, yes, I'm a very unstructured <laughs> person. I, in fact, I've been married for 19 years, and my husband and I have had two gigantic fights where we stop talking to each other for 48 hours and I mean of course we have our little troubles you know but like two where I thought what did I do and both of them happened in our honeymoon and it was because (laughs) it was early on we then recovered because in his family I mean I think we have such different ways of traveling and, and that also reflects on the way I work um for me, a vacation or time away from home is time to completely, you know, break free from any sort of structure, and it's a time to eat. Like, if I'm going to go somewhere that I don't know, I just want to eat my way through the city. I want to eat like the locals. I want to try every ingredient. I want to go to the markets. I want to go to the grocery store and see what the cooking magazines have on their covers. You know, I just I want to see what's going on food-wise. And I can just do that all day. You know, have breakfast, walk around to the next stop to eat, then eat, then walk to the supermarket, then eat. You know, like, I just do that. And in my family... Travel meant, you know, a little bit of art, maybe go to a museum, but then the rest was eating just as well, you know. And for my husband and his family, travel means really exploring, get to know the city in every other possible way. So museums, adventure, exercise, culture, um, every possible tour, every possible talk, you know. So we we went on our honeymoon to Vietnam and Hong Kong, and all I wanted to do was eat, eat, eat. And he had plans like bungee jumping at 7 (laughs) a.m., scuba diving at 10 a.m., and the museum and the walk and the hike. Like after the second day, I called P and I said, I'm sorry, what is going on? Like, is this a honeymoon or what? I want to wake up late, you know? And so we had this horrible fight, and um, I guess he was also shocked you know, because he's used to having people in his family that just go, go, go since seven in the morning. At this point, I think we've compromised and we do 
like 60% my way and 40% his <laughs> way. Good formula. But, um, and if he wants to do more than 40% his way, you know, the super adventurous things, because I'm just a chicken, you know? Um, so he'll do it with the three boys and they have a blast. But And the more I get older, the less adventurous things I want to do that you can't walk or hike them, you know, like heights and things like that. But um, but in, and in terms of, tra of traveling, I just love landing in a place and exploring and asking people. And that just completely drives my husband crazy because he's like, why do you care where they want to go? Why do you care what the waiter likes to eat? He's re just recommending something that hasn't been sold in the past three days, you know? And I just, I just, I just love hearing people and he people's opinions. So, but I love that, like Kelly loves the conversation, and she gets to know the country through the conversations. And it's like your conversation is through the food. I think it's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful way to experience a different people and a different culture and a different place. Um, yes, and I will taste the food anywhere, like street food, the markets. Like I have no fear there. You know, I do too, Patty. I do, I do too. The only time I've ever been sick is Peru, so I'll, I'll knock on wood oh, on that really? one. Oh, <laughs> really? What did you eat? What did you eat? What did you I, think I, I think it was, I could still see them because I was so violently ill for days, but uh, I, I think it was stuffed peppers oh. and Arequipa. Oh. I'm blaming it on those. <laughs> but, Patty, I, I, I like markets, too, the ones that sell clothes. <laughs> See? I've, nev I've never met a market I, I, I don't like in a foreign land. Right. <laughs> and, and, Patty, I have to project, because you just said that you're a chicken, that they'll go do this adventurous, the bungee jumping, whatever it is. I so disagree with that. I do not think you're a chicken. I think what you're doing every day is beyond daring it's right. beyond courageous and it's so inspirational to so many people so no you are not a chicken I oh think you are so thank you so much thank you so much you know it's funny because my husband and my boys like they will tell me for example skiing like snow skiing i've tried it i've taken the class i've done the bunny slope i've done the one-on-one -on -one. i've done the and i explained to them like the moment i put those skis on and i'm on a slope even if it's five feet tall <laughs> it's like my heart gets locked down to my feet and goes all the way to the bottom of the center of the earth and i can't move and they just don't understand that feeling and they and they say you know but you would love it you would enjoy it so much and i must and I, it must be very frustrating to them because you know when i want them to try something and they're not eating it i don't understand either you right, know right. oh my goodness it's funny i think you and, and i was just thinking about that how the comparison you just made with having them try something as well you know they're they're experiencing something new as well and sometimes they don't always want to do that like you just said yeah but and when i just mentioned before that you were so far from a chicken and so daring what you do i think both you and kelly have this so in common i am so in awe of what you both do and i think it's such a creative outlet that you both have but also what you're experiencing and what you are opening yourselves both up to is fascinating to me that you have the bravery and the courage to both of you to do this well i think also i think you both are following your passion and things just happen when you follow mm -hmm. your passion i mean the cookbook the tv show and the blog i mean people feed off of other people who have passion and i think that's why you're both so successful mm -hmm. I'm excited. I want to cook and go travel somewhere. <laughs> so now I know, and, and again, thank you for all the listeners tonight for joining us with Morph Mom Moments with my amazing, amazing guests, uh, Patty Hinnick, as well as Kelly Glynn. And if you're just tuning in, trust me, this is, don't, don't leave because these are two of the most amazing women you'll ever hear from. So inspirational, so humble, and both so accomplished. But they make it seem so easy, and try, I, I am sure none of this has been easy. So I'm going to ask you both this question, and uh, Patty, I'll start with you. What was the most difficult step with all of this? What was the most, the biggest obstacle you ran into? Oh, my gosh, there have been so many. <laughs> I mean, where to begin? Um well, I guess the fundraising part has always been very, very challenging, you know, because PBS is, you know, you have to find people that believe in the content and believe in the product and for the sake of the content. And 
I think that has been the most challenging part. And, you know, as a Mexican and as a woman and as a mother and as an immigrant, you know, I think there's all these preconceptions that I have to break all the time. I guess that, that that's what, that's it. Triple one there? <laughs> yes. But you've done it. Like, how inspiring is that to those listening? You did it. And you figured it out. And it worked. And and Kelly, I have the same question for you with what you've done. And again, a totally different arena from, you know, politics by day, travel by night. What was the most, or or continues to be, I guess, the biggest obstacle with that? I think time and money. Time in the sense that I can't quit my job. So I have to work, and that's my that needs to be my priority. Even though I, I I would prefer that it's not, but I need to pay the bills. I have a reputation that I'd like to maintain, and so and and maybe I I spend too much time working. I could devote a little more time to the blog and the travel, but my pri- priority has to be my job. And if I had money growing on trees, I would quit my job, <laughs> get on the plane and go. But until then, uh, I think it's sort of weaving through trying to take one step forward and and continue on the mission. And, and you will get discouraged and there will be bad days, but know that there are people that are just like you trying to make a new path and chart a new territory. And, and if you believe in yourself and you work hard enough, you can you can do it. Hopefully that's the message that goes out to everybody tonight because we're sitting here with women who have followed that, their passion, and they're doing it. You're both doing something that is so fascinating, so interesting, and you're making it work. You're both, right? You just have to do it. So I asked you what the biggest challenge was. Now I'm going to ask you instead what you're most proud of with what you're both doing. And again, Patty, I'll start with you Um your proudest accomplishment, I guess, through all this, something maybe you thought you never could achieve, but you did it. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, my family, like the relationship I have with my three sons and with my husband, I think it's my biggest treasure. It's They're incredibly supportive. They're, they've seen me, you know, from when I had no idea what I was going to do professionally, especially my oldest son, you know. How old are they, Patty? So my oldest one is 16, Mm -hmm. and I switched careers 10 years ago when he was six. And my second one was two, so he was younger. And um, I, I just think that they are very, very appreciative of, of like my trajectory and they've more than anybody, you know, in talking about the obstacles and the difficulties, they've lived every single obstacle with me because fortunately or unfortunately I'm very transparent. So so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, looking back now, you know, I just think I just feel incredibly blessed because I have them and, and they're with me to, to, to see everything that's happening now. I think they're also incredibly blessed to have mm-hmm. you in their lives, as are we all. Because as I sit here, I, I'm beyond inspired by everything you say. So I think it's a two-way street. I, I, I think you've given them, you've shown them the courage, you've shown them that you can do anything. And I, that lesson alone is so invaluable. And, and Kelly, I have that question for you as well. What, how do you feel with, there are many obstacles along the way, and those sometimes that's what we focus on, not all the great things. Of everything you've done, what would you say you're most proud of or your most, something you overcame that you want to share? I never thought I would actually launch a, a blog that I would spend money on anything for travel. So when I launched FantasyIsle.com in July, I'm very proud of that. But really, I go back to the fact that I had incredible support from my family and my friends, and I've always seen myself sort of at the edge of a cliff, and I jump off, and I jump off, and I jump off, and I always wonder, am I going to be able to swim? And I swim and swim and swim, and (laughs) nothing keeps me down. And I'm very proud of all my personal and professional accomplishments because I've, I've earned them. And I'm proud of my work ethic and I think I, I learned that from my family 
but also from the people that I've worked for, my teachers in school and in life. And I think that I'm an independent, self-made woman because I wanted to be. And Kelly, can you spell your blog for us just so? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's actually kind of, it's it's a little different because it's a take on actually walking down the aisle of an airplane. Got so it. it's fantasy, <laughs> F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-I-L-A-I-S-L-E.com. Thank you. And I can't believe this. We only have one minute left tonight. I am so sad. I could talk to you both forever. And Patty, I wanted to begin with cooking 101 if you can just tell us something tonight so you both have to come back on so we can get there or we can bring the radio show to the to PBS we'll come Absolutely. that night Kelly you can cook I'll eat <laughs> um, but I want to thank everyone so much tonight for, for listening in for joining us uh, join us again for more Mom Moments next Thursday night uh, my amazing co-hosts Lisa Berkery and Elizabeth Lenz Patty Hinnick, who uh, I can't even begin to start to list her many accomplishments, but most importantly, her most recent cookbook, Mexican Today, New and Rediscovered Recipes for Contemporary uh, Kitchens, that is available now. You can get that, and you should get it right away, because we are sitting here actually looking at the pictures and the recipes. I am so hungry. Uh, Patty also Congratulations (laughs) to you guys. You're so kind. But, But so Patty is the host of the popular PBS TV series, Patty's Mexican Table, going on its fifth season, as those of you may have heard. She also has a former cookbook out, Patty's Mexican Table, The Secrets of Real Mexican Home Cooking. And it was listed on every best book cookbook list you can imagine. And by the way, she's nominated for two James Beard Awards and two Daytime Emmy Awards. And she's just a wonderful person. And again, Kelly Glynn, who's just as wonderful, who is amazing, who is the founder of of Rue Group uh, LLC, which is a political consulting company. But, and, and is also following her passion as well, and is writes now for a travel blog, Fantasy Isle, F-A-N-T-A-S-Y-A-I-S-L-E.com, and hear about and read about everywhere that, that Kelly is gone and she's experienced, and I can't wait to see where she's going to go next. And I think, again, for our listeners tonight, you now have blogs to read, cookbooks to read, TV shows to watch, and you got to just get started. <laughs> and if nothing else... These two women have showed us tonight that you can do whatever it is you want to do. You just, you got to try. You got to start. So I thank everyone again for tonight. It was an honor to speak with you all. And um, tune in next Thursday night for more fun moments. I'll see you then. Good night. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Hi, I'm Janice Ian. Do you remember how excited you were at the start of summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on after a few months and you couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class, too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them. And make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound education. Voted number one jazz cabaret club by New York Magazine, the Metropolitan Room is one of the most critically acclaimed venues in New York City and is known as the home for big-name talents and rising stars. Known as a celebrity hangout, the Metropolitan Room is a high-end cabaret and jazz club and brings the best in live music to New York City every night of the week. 
fabulous award-winning Broadway TV, film, and radio performers take the stage in an intimate 115-seat elegant venue. Aside from the great highly professional artistic shows and audience, Metropolitan Room provides an exceptional appetizer and dessert menu as well as exotic and specialty drinks prepared by top New York City bartenders. The Metropolitan Room is located at 34 West 22nd Street, conveniently located near public transportation. For information or reservations, call area code 212-206-0440. Once again, the area code is 212-206-0440. Or go to their website at www.metropolitanroom.com. You are listening to the title track off the new City Boys All-Stars album, When You Needed Me. The City Boys All-Stars will be performing at the Cutting Room on 44 East 32nd Street in New York City, 10 p.m. hit. For ticket information, call 212-691-1900. Once again, City Boys.